Hi, everybody, and welcome to my Tuesday evening live run with Allie chat. This is going to go on my podcast as episode five. So I want to thank you all for joining this evening. And let's wait for a few more to join before we kick this off. So to just introduce you all, for those who are new to my chat, now podcast, because we're live in iTunes. Um, so this is a podcast about everything running, fitness, and lifestyle related. So any questions that you guys have at any point in time on my live chat is your chance to really ask me, uh, you know, use me. I'm right here. I'm, you know, talking about certain topics tonight that are really pertinent to uh, marathon runners and endurance athletes, uh, Also, touching a little bit upon nutrition as well. And yeah, uh, so, you know, again, feel free to chime in. And as I go through each topic, don't be shy. Okay. So, welcome again, everyone. This is my live weekly chat. Uh, My name is Allie. For those of you that don't know, uh, you could find my podcast on the iTunes store, Run With Allie Live. Um, And yeah, so let's dive right into it. So I've gotten a few questions about uh, endurance, fuel, and things to eat during a marathon or an endurance event. So since I'm a runner and many of you are runners on here, I'm going to talk about marathon running, long distance running. So it's really, really, really important to keep your muscles fueled and energized during a run. And it's not just so that you're not running on empty, but it's also for the mere fact that you are able to perform at your optimal level. Uh, You're able to, you know, actually like keep going without, you know, kind of having to back out of the race. Um, we have a question. Hi, it will be my first time to run a 42 kilometer. I've been on training. What should I do two days before the race day? Um, so if I were you, I'd be tapering, which means not really doing your long distance runs at all. If you want to jog, jog no more than three miles. Uh, you could call it a shakeout jog. And I would, you know, not go too heavy on, um, like, really like anything like complex carbs at that point I always recommend doing that the week prior to um not two days before so really lean uh proteins like salmon's a really good one with sweet potatoes and um some sort of vegetable and some berries they have a lot of good fiber and yeah foam roll and rest just rest you should be ready I hope that answers your question let me know if not. And that was a good one. So back to uh, endurance fuel. So my um, my go-to in my hydration pack, which I, I wear around my waist without um, water because it weighs me down. Uh, but in the hydration pack, I keep goo. I personally keep almond butter. It doesn't work for a lot of people because it might upset your stomach. Uh, but... It, it works for me. So really all macronutrients, and when I say that, I mean proteins, carbs, and fats, are going to be your source for energy during any endurance race. 
But, you know, goo has those electrolytes, has those carbohydrates. Um, it even has, you know, those sugars. Um, those sim- simplex carbs, like those kinds of things, uh, are good because you're going to need to use energy like that and replace your glycogen stores in your muscles every hour or so, uh, 45 minutes. Uh, it really depends on your conditioning and the athlete. So you just want to make sure you're not running on empty and you are using those hydration stands. So for those of you that have not run um, a marathon, so if, you know, um, so the 42-kilometer um, attendee on here, um, you know, I would definitely recommend you stop at the hydration stands. They usually always hand out water and Gatorade. Uh, and you know, they're at every other mile. So I definitely recommend taking advantage of them, uh, both, you know, as much as possible because you're, you need those electrolytes from the Gatorade and you need to stay hydrated, um, from the water. Also, they actually hand out, uh, during some marathons, the, uh, um, bananas. So I know that kind of might seem a little like gross to some of you guys, but, you need that potassium because it really helps with any cramping and uh, it's really good for your muscles um, and to just like kind of, you know, keep them all limbered up for your race, for your entire race. So, yeah, um, that's um, that really touches on my endurance um, piece. Um, if you guys have any questions, feel free to chime in. But personally, me. I am eating like before, during, and after a race, uh, all throughout because that's that race is very taxing on your body, and you need to be fueled up and have energy at all times. Um, we have a question, and hi. Okay, so I'm gonna repeat it out loud so everybody could hear. Hi, Allie. For a half, when is a good time to fuel? Say I have a goo gel. Do you take one before the race? And how often do you recommend during the half? So I love goo. Um, I actually, those are my um, my go-tos in my hydration pack too. Great choice. Uh, so for the goo, I, I personally fuel after the first 45 minutes. So I wouldn't say after, um, I wouldn't say before the race unless you want to. It really can't hurt. It just might give you like that extra, like really like, kind of like big boost that might make you go a little quicker than you should at the beginning, but there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so I would say if you want to, that's fine, but I would more go with the cliff energy blocks or a banana or something like that before the race and save the goo for during, uh, because the reason like why a lot of runners, uh, if you don't know this, I'm happy to share eat goo during races is because it's really hard to intake solid complex carbs during a race. Uh, when you're running, you don't really want to be eating a sandwich or something, you know? So that goo is easy to just get into your body and into your system so that you're able to replenish, um, your glycogen stores and use that, those carbs as energy for your muscles. Uh, so yeah, how often during a half, you know, every 45 minutes or less, if you really feel like you need it, you need more, take more. Listen to your body. Great question. Okay. So 
Moving on. Um, so to meal timing, I've gotten a lot of questions about this. And I actually mentioned this in my post today uh, when I posted that delicious, uh, you're welcome, that delicious egg biscuit. It was bomb. So good. Highly recommend it for you guys who, when you're in New York, you got to get it. Um, but when I emphasize balance in terms of you know, nutrition, I, I really truly mean that. Uh, so I'm not saying, you know, go and indulge every single day. Uh, it's really important to kind of be adherent to when you're eating these types of things, especially uh, if you work out a lot, because some people, you know, might not want to eat a lot before they have an intense workout. And that's okay. Similar to a marathon, you know, it's okay to have maybe like half of an egg sandwich or even something less, a banana with some almond butter um, before a workout, maybe something during it, maybe like a, I, I love perfect bars and Lara bars. Um, and then after to fuel after, like, you know, everyone um, always thinks, oh my God, I immediately have to eat after. But as long as you're eating within like a two to three hour period, you should be fine. Because what's going to happen is you're going to have a lot of micro tears in your muscles. So as in, you know, when you strength train or you train hard, your muscles are breaking and they're coming back together even stronger or you want them to. And a way to help them to do that in addition to proper recovery and rest is by proper nutrition. So really refueling those muscles with um, what they need uh carbohydrates, proteins, healthy fats, omega-3s um, is what you're going to need to do. But, you know, don't wait till like before bedtime to eat an ice cream sundae uh, because it's not going to really go anywhere and you might not feel the best when you wake up the next day. Okay, so long runs and short runs in a marathon program. So guys, I'm going to be releasing uh, my online uh, program uh, for the New York City Marathon Runners what I'm doing and uh, for you all to kind of tag along um, and join me with. Uh, we're going to have a private Facebook group. It's going to be really fun. Um, more to come on that. But long runs and short runs in a marathon program. So they're both really important. Reason being, you don't want to overdo it with your long runs the entire way. So it really depends if you're trying to PR, get a personal record, or you're trying to run pain-free, which those are both amazing goals. But you really, really, really do not want to tear your knees apart. So having really effective and an efficient program is key. So a few short runs, um, building up that mileage incrementally as time gets closer to the marathon, adding in some intervals and tempo runs, and then... Having that one long run during the week uh, is is what I would recommend. So we have one more question. Do you tempo negative split interval hill and for leg training? Yes, and for leg training, et cetera, normally. Okay, so do you do tempo negative split interval hill and fart leg training, et cetera, normally? I do. Um, I actually do all of those, uh, especially since I'm – one that is, you know, looking to PR, do I give those to someone? Um, it depends on their goals. Again, uh, I could give them to them, but I could say, you know, if something doesn't work, 
I'm going to probably adjust something. Um, out of all of those, I would definitely say like all of those are effective in the same way, in the sense you're going to be stronger and you're going to probably speed um, because that's the point of basically all of those. The hills, yeah, for your knees, but also speed and power. I love intervals, love intervals. I love tempo runs just because you build up and you build down. It's almost like a ladder. Um, but yeah, I definitely include all of those normally. And I would say I include those in my short runs or shorter runs, not my long run, only up until the end. You know, it varies. Great question. I hope I answered it. Okay, so uh, long runs and short runs in a marathon program, they're both important along with cross training, uh, which for those of you that do not know, uh, is anything, you're welcome, um, is anything uh, that is not running or jamming on your joints. So it's low impact on your legs. So uh, something like rowing, spinning, or boxing, those are three of my favorite ones to do because uh, you, you're getting your heart rate up, you're keeping your cardiovascular endurance up. You're also, um, you know, you're work, you're working your heart, but you, you're still getting that training in. It's just not running. Also, I did mention this um, in my post as well. But why I love things like boxing uh, for cross training is because it hits uh, different parts of your body, so in non gibberish for you guys. Um, I was going to say planes of motion. Uh, it hits like the sides of your bodies and everything that rotates. Uh, whereas running is only, it's in the sagittal plane. So if you walk forwards and backwards, um, you're not going to be able to strengthen the areas that something like a sport like boxing might hit. So I love to cross train once or twice a week in my um, in my program and then, of course, strength training. Uh, if, you all, if you have any questions, guys, I do customize run programs and I am a run coach. Uh, both in person and virtually. So feel free to reach out. My email is in my bio. Okay, a half marathon versus a marathon. What's the difference? Well, <laughs> one's 13.1 and one's 26.2. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, um, the the training is a lot different. It's a lot more intense for a marathon. So at least training six to eight months out uh, for a marathon, making sure you get that mileage in, Um I like cannot emphasize enough how important that is to do. Um, halt for one sec. Do I do heart rate training? Yeah. So yes. So in all my programs, um, I have max heart rate, target heart rate, and resting heart rate. Uh, if you have a smartwatch device, that is amazing because it could do it for you. But there is a discrepancy sometimes. Um, I'm a huge fan of also heart rate variability, which is kind of, you know, making your heart rate go like fluctuating. Um, so you could, you know, see how hard you're working, but also push yourself to different levels um, at different times. Heart rate training is important because you never want to exceed your max heart rate, um, which is for those of you that don't know, 220 um, minus your age and then multiply by 0.6 or um, 0.4, 40% or 60% of your target heart rate. Um and so you don't want to exceed that because that it, that could be dangerous. So if you're ever running really, really hard, it's important to take note of your heart rate. Um, so you can get your resting heart rate very easily by placing two index fingers 
right below your thumb until you feel your pulse. Count for 10 seconds. Multiply that by six. That gives you your, uh, your beats per minute for your resting heart rate. Fun fact. So yes, I do always um, keep track of my heart rate and I strongly encourage all my clients to as well. It's important to understand, you know, what it's doing because also as it goes down, um, as your resting heart rate goes down, even um, as your, you know, your target heart rate goes down, it probably means that your heart's in better health and you're in better shape overall. You could handle more. I hope that answered your question. Um, so going back to half marathon versus marathon training. So yes, getting in those long runs for the marathon is really, really, um, important. I personally never go over 20, uh, just a personal thing after being, you know, injured, having run marathons, being a Boston qualifier. Uh, if you could do 20, the next 6.2 is all mental. There's really no point to push past that. In my opinion, if you would like to, for self-assurance and just because I'm not going to say no, but it's not something I recommend to anyone. A half marathon is a little different. Uh, so I think that if you could run nine miles, um, you could probably run 13.1. So that's more of, you know, it doesn't really, if you're someone that's overall well conditioned all the time, it's going to be a lot easier for you to do. Uh, if that's your goal, then I would say build up steadily to, nine miles, um, then I would go max 11 miles because you could do 2.1 after that for sure. Um, okay. So the importance of training different courses and mixing it up. So why is this important? I have definitely touched upon this in my posts and previous chats, but I want to emphasize it again because it's, it really is important guys. So Mixing up not only exercises like I've previously mentioned, but courses, especially if you're training for a race, it's going to help you to not plateau and it's going to help your body adjust to basically many different conditions and many different courses. And why that's a good thing? Well, it's going to make you more powerful. It's going to make your body more adaptable to change. Um, and it's going to challenge you in a good way because, you know, if you run a really hilly course that might have elevation levels a lot higher than your actual race course, that's not necessarily a bad thing because you're going to be building up a lot more power, endurance, and probably speed, um, including those, um, the intervals, the hill sprints, um, the tempo runs and all of that. Uh, yeah, so... I would, you know, I would definitely say that's, that's the importance of mixing it up as along with um, other things besides running in your program. Now, understand that, you know, if you go to a run coach or, you know, a runner's world, not the same plan is going to work for everyone. So that's why I like, I love runner's world, don't get me wrong. But um you, you can't just go and like look at a program and just say, oh, hey, that's what I'm going to follow and that's going to work for me because you might not be able to do those types of, you know, things that they're saying in there or your body might need something different. Uh, you might need to train something else uh, that's going to make yourself stronger, a stronger runner 
uh, and a faster runner if that's your goal. Uh, if you, like, For example, if you need to focus on strengthening your knees and building endurance, well, that's something that's more customized than just looking at a one-size-fits-all program. You know, if you can't do certain cross-training exercises that they have in a magazine or strength training exercises, that too is important to consider. So it's really important to speak to a run coach and an expert uh, when you're seriously training for one of these races, like myself. Um, But no, seriously, guys, I'm, I'm here for you. But anyone that has done a race before, because they know what they're talking about. Uh, they know because they've done it. There's really no other better person to talk to. Okay, now I love this one. So running groups versus individual running. So I don't know about all of you, but I, I notice in Central Park um, all, all the time, there's so many people that like love Love to run alone, and I get that because it's like kind of therapeutic. And all of you runners, you're probably giggling because it is in a way. Uh, but it's really, really nice to get that community feel when you have other people working towards a similar goal. Uh, I actually used to be one of those individual runners before I became a run coach, and you know, I didn't really want to talk to anyone. But on those days when I needed a push, and I still do, even as a coach. Um, like there's nothing better than just being next to some people that have great energy and they're doing the same course as you. They're out there doing the same thing you're doing and it's hard for them too. It's hard for all of you guys. And you know, you might stir up a conversation that you never thought you would. Uh, you might make some new friends that way. So, you know, on that note, stay tuned for my run with Alley runs. They are resuming not this Sunday, but next Sunday uh, at 10 a.m. in Central Park. So uh, my mom will be so thrilled on here because she could come. Um, But this weekend, um, there is a Jackrabbit run who I partnered with at 8 a.m. and next Saturday as well. Uh, Shout out to Jackrabbit Brooklyn um, and those running the popular Brooklyn Half Marathon. But as um, the New York City Marathon in November is approaching, a lot of us are going to be training all summer. So my run club is going to be picking up, and I want all of you to you know stay tuned for updates on my story. They're going to be there. Um, and it's a great way to build a fun community of people working towards that same goal because I'm sure we're going to make a lot of friends in it uh, and – you know, I'm going to be releasing my program to participants and attendees in my run club um, to get them, each and every runner, to their goal. Whether it's if someone wants to break three hours, four hours, or just run their first marathon, all levels are welcome. Strongly want to emphasize that. So, whew, now I can take a breather. Um, so, yeah, um, I strongly encourage all of you just to have fun with running don't take it so seriously all the time. Really, really get enough sleep when you're training for um, a race like that and understand what you're doing in terms of nutrition. If you need help, I'm here for guidance um, always. If you inbox me or direct message me, I will get back to you within 24 to 48 hours. And yeah, so um, that is wraps up my topic for tonight on my run with Allie live chat. 
Uh, thank you for listening in on episode five on this lovely Tuesday evening. And I will see you all at the same time, same place next Tuesday. Have a great night, guys. Bye.